And welcome to Story Guts. Uh, this is where we explore what the stories we tell tell about us. Um, I'm Molly Curran. And I'm Alice Lai. Thanks for listening. Um, so we are coming to you one week late. Or I guess now we're kind of back on our original schedule. We had to do two uh, three-week kind of um, breaks because of unfortunate traveling situations. Right, yeah. But I mean, I'm not even sure. I'm not sure if you can say like we're back on our normal schedule because that's like kind of impl- it's like It's like if it was like intra week, if we were like knocked off a day or something on like Tuesday, Thursday instead of Monday, Wednesday or something, sure. But like, I mean, they do that. They do that on like on the Adventure Zone when they were like, they're like, oh, we're on the like right Thursdays now. Okay, yeah. But like, you know, and I know that it's it's all just like a tactic to make themselves feel better about missing. It's true, and you know, it's and that's also what we're doing now. But, um, <laughs> but I it's was good enough for the McElroys. It's good enough for me. Right, it's good enough for internationally acclaimed uh, stars who will be in Trolls too. Um, <laughs> I uh, right, so I was in London, um, getting getting a full British breakfast experience. Um, for a week, and then when we came back, we just like ran out of time. We just did not have the time to record an episode because I was heavily jet lagged, and Molly was very busy. Um, yeah, it's it's been it's been a rough couple weeks for me, like workload wise. Yeah, it's like it always is around around this time, the witching hour. I mean, it's just gonna be for the rest of the semester. I just kind of need to accept that. But yeah, that, please, <laughs> please send your energy to Molly. Um, she's going like her prelims are coming up, and every it's not going to be fun. Prelims. I'm going to a conference later in October. Oh, New Orleans. Teaching. Orleans. Yep. I'm. I mean, it's all good. It's all good stuff. It's just a lot of stuff. <laughs> Yeah, and that's just like, and you know, it's it's like everyone else living in America in the year of our Lord 2018. It also involves a lot of like trying to figure out how much of the news you see every day before like you're like knocked into the shadow zone. Um, oh hell yes! Yeah, uh, that, and then also like everyone else in our generation in today, also trying to figure out how much Netflix can I get away with watching without being too irresponsible. <laughs> Yeah, and though I think part of this is Netflix's fault because Netflix released a bunch of stuff all in the same all at the same time, and it's like, yeah, why did you do that? Come on! I know every time I get like you know I'm I'm now like halfway through the new season of American Vandal, and I'm like, cool, like I'll you know I'll get through it you know over the next couple weeks or whatever, uh, and then I'm like, God, I haven't even touched BoJack Horseman yet. <sighs> yeah, like, what's the deal? I I have seen all of BoJack Horseman. I binged all of Maniac. Um, which was all right. Oh, really? Yeah, I thought I well because I'm really into like so a future episode we could do is um, psychedelia or like the mindscape. Um, oh, like is that what that? I honestly don't know what that what that show is. I was just like, oh, it's like Emma Stone and Jonah Hill, but they both look like drama. No, weird. it's it's like this weird comedy mindscape thing where like they both mm. participate in a pharma trial and like, um, and it's also like a alt alt history America. Like, instead of, like, the Statue of Liberty, it's, like, the Statue of Extra Liberty. And, like, you can, like, opt for ad buddies, which is, like, a person who sits next to you and reads you ads to, like, pay for stuff. So it's, like, this weird – I don't know. It's, like, the world building is kind of fun. um, But, like, whenever I'm going for – whenever a show is, like, oh, like, they're going to be, like, explore their minds and their influence of a dubious, like, a sketchy drug trial. I'm, like, I wanted them to go, like – they. I want them to get really weird with it. And mm-hmm. I'm not sure if Maniac really got there, but yeah, we can we can do that episode sometime. Uh, <sighs> but that is not what we're doing today. That's not what, what are we're we doing, doing today, today Alice? What we're doing today, inspired by my trip to London, um, and you know, I, I always I keep walking right up to the edge of like doing my worst London accent and and backing away from it. Um, is urban fantasy. So urban fantasy is a genre. Um, it's kind of funny we're doing like an entire genre now, but. Urban fantasy is... Um, I mean, we did, like, horror once. Oh, yeah, that's true. Yeah, entire emotion. Um, <laughs> so urban fantasy is a... 
it's kind of basically a genre about like hard boiled detectives. It's basically like what if our world, but also magic. Um, so the some classic urban fantasy books are Never Win- Neverwhere uh, by Neil Gaiman, and that one like basically it's like someone is in our world, you know, like maybe a boring businessman or something, and then finds out that magic exists, and then like you know this person uh, has to like grapple with the fact that magic exists and like uncovers like you know meets a bunch of like characters who like live in the underside of London and the thing is it's like very frequently London um like the fae or like werewolves are real and blah 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 um and uh yeah so like this is urban fantasy a lot of the more recent urban fantasy books have been taken the form of uh mystery novels or like thrillers um so like the main characters are like cops or like mafioso or whatever uh trying to like or like the magic because like it's this idea like basically like we live in like boring world but like on the other side of the right door at the right time like like there's magicians and demons and like succubi and like werewolves just like hanging out at the bar like at the dive bar around the corner like but like you know and you could walk and like some poor sap like opens that door at the wrong time, at the wrong moment, and it's, like, thrown into, like, the deep end. Okay. Yeah, I mean, this is this is good that you sort of explained, because I feel like I don't really know what urban fantasy is. I feel like everybody was all about urban fantasy, and then people started talking about paranormal romance, and I feel like the only difference that I could tell was, like, one was marketed to girls and yeah. one wasn't. No, no. But, I... like, it does seem like there there are, like, generic differences. Yeah, I think there are kind of, like, genre differences. But in general, I would, like, this, I actually would argue that the reason that paranormal romance and urban fantasy are different categories is because, like, you know, because of the one is, like, for girls and, like, blah, it's Twilight. And the other one's like, for cool men who are, like, you know, very serious or whatever. <laughs> like, it, it is, like, one of them is more, though, though it is, tr- like, I think it's also true when you talk about genre differences that... Paranormal romance leans more romance, and yeah. urban fan- urban fiction is more like noir. Like, and usually, I feel like it's pretty noir. Um, yeah, crime. I mean, and stuff. that would make sense. Then it's that it does tend to be more masculine because noir is sort of a famously masculine genre that really um, is not known for having a lot of space for for <laughs> women. Um, the women have become very interested in it regardless as we always do (laughs) things that are not made for us we're always like well but i i want to make it for me anyway we're always like peeking around the corner like what are the men folk up to today yep um (laughs) infiltrating Um, yeah it's horrible what we uh, what we do and we're like "Mm, how can we make this like more feminist and gay (laughs) (laughs) Mm. how can we ruin Um, this for the men Um, exactly that's really my goal always (laughs) Um, so, so I think, um, so I think what's, what, one thing that's kind of interesting is urban fan, I mean, it's urban, I alluded to this earlier, urban fantasy almost always takes place in, like, in London primarily, um, Mm -hmm. with, like, New York or San Francisco maybe coming up once or twice, but it's usually, like, these very major urban centers. I think the Dresden Files is in Chicago. Oh, really? Okay, cool. Yeah. But uh, but you sort of see like the noir influences there with like, it's a big, it's like a big place with like, too many things going on. Like, versus something like um, the Raven Boys, which we've talked about before, which is like very similar. Like people discover magic is real, um, but it's like in Henrietta, and I think like, that's the difference between urban urban fantasy owes a lot to like gothic traditions, um, but like it's ultimately concerned about like the it uses like the alien nature of the urban landscape as a backdrop. Yeah. And you're right. Like the Gothic is much more about sort of isolated, um, isolated spaces rather than the urban space. So there's like a difference there. Yeah. I mean, I think, I think there's um, like, I mean, I mean the texture is is obviously very different when you think about like, um, like a Ghibli film, right? Like Ghibli films are actually also kind of in the same vein, like of like, Magic is real, or like spirited away. Well, see, at least. I'm like, oh, that feels kind of like magical realism, and then I feel like we're just running up against it. Right? Yeah, I, I, do, magic. I, I need to be. I literally do work on genre, and I'm just like, ugh, we have just all these words for genre. What the hell's up with that? <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> okay. 
Um, okay, you're right though. Let's pull. It. I, I think magical realism. I think there's there's a really fascinating um, discussion here about like the spectrum of like um, yeah. magical realism and like what um, like our continued interest. Like basically, this entire genre of like it's the real world, but like slightly askew. Um, but yeah, er- I mean, and then there's even something like Harry Potter, right, where you have sort of your real world within which magic is hidden, but I really wouldn't call Harry Potter an urban fantasy. Yeah. (laughs) Because the urban falls away so instantly Mm -hmm. um, to just sort of become this, like, school fantasy. Right, yeah. Like, I think, um, like, if Harry Potter took place at, like, a public school in the middle of a city and, like, you know, it was like... But but I I think Harry Potter... Yeah. Harry Potter is not. I was in London and I was in Oxford and there were... Harry Potter. Okay, just to be real clear, just for anybody, London and Oxford are two different towns. Okay. Okay. Yes, I did. So I, you're in England. Yes, I was saying okay, but I, I said London first because I was in Grand, like the a station. Okay. Uh, Paddington Station, um, and I was like, ah, like in Harry King's Potter. Cross Station. I'm not sure if we went to King's Cross Station. Okay, well, King's Cross is the one from Harry Potter. Oh, okay. I'm so sorry to be this person. <laughs> oh, thank God. Okay. But in Oxford, you were able to take, like, Harry Potter tours because apparently parts of it were shot on location at Hogwarts in Oxford. Um, that is true. That is, I When I was at Oxford, I went on a Harry Potter tour. Did they give you a free Gryffindor scarf? No. It wasn't. It was, like, a informal Harry Potter tour. It was hosted by... Um, the um like the the study abroad program i was doing it wasn't okay, like cool. a yeah so it was it was free but it's cool they got us into all the different colleges and we're like look it's maudlin college in these corridors you can see this is where like ron harry and hermione like have this particular discussion <laughs> and i'm like ah yes that seems like a deep cut i recall okay maybe not for the, no, for the I true don't, I, fans there's um, also harry potter tra- trivia happening the whole time and did you uh, smoke them I don't know that I smoked them, but I probably did pretty well. Mm-hmm. Oh, let's not talk about Harry Potter. It depresses me too much right now. <laughs> oh God, yes, we'll we'll come back to Harry Potter later, maybe. Okay, actually, this is this is maybe like a Fantastic Beasts urban fantasy. I think so. I think it's much closer to urban fantasy. Like one one thing about urban fantasy, I think it kind of works. Um, a lot of urban fantasy is like set in like quote unquote modern times, but I I feel like there's no reason to say Fantastic Beasts like isn't urban fantasy mm-hmm. because like you are like in the middle of like a city and like gallivanting around and like there's there's like the like i think the um newt scamander meets up with like the muggle the nomash or whatever mm-hmm. um his buddy who like finds out that like a world of magic exists and mm-hmm. you know um contrary to like I, I haven't actually seen the movie um but I assume me neither. So we're definitely qualified. For we're this discussion. very, very far afield of like, <laughs> yeah. But like, yeah. But like, he can't erase his memory because he knows too much or something. Who knows? Um, but yeah, Fantastic Beasts would be urban fantasy. I think part of it is, and then part of it, it feels weird to be like so reductivist about genres. But like, it does take place in a city, whereas Harry Potter does not. Um, and a city is an, an important. Has to, uh, contributes an important part of like the textural or um, I say textural a lot this week. I don't know why I love te- I'm thinking about texture so much, but it does like con- mood, like the atmosphere, right? Yeah, even if it's not, um, and in like some books, like it becomes a character, like it becomes an important mm-hmm. character, even. But like just for a mood, for atmosphere, for like the 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 fog choked streets of London is like is a lot of um, I feel like what urban fantasy is interested in. So I guess I'm I'm interested in sort of parsing out what, like, what does urban fantasy give us that sort of these other genres of fantasy? And again, like, I do think all these genres are connected and there's sort of no point, like, quibbling over the exact, like, lines between them. But I do think, like, what is urban fantasy giving us that, um, like, it feels more adult, maybe, is part mm-hmm. of it. Um, and... Is it is it because it is able to give us this sort of fantasy experience, but within the the world that we know? Except, mm-hmm. like, I think a lot of people reading urban fantasy are probably not like, yes, I live in London, and like, I know, <laughs> I don't know, like, no, the London I... itself seems as fantastical in some way, or as much a, um, I don't know, as much a fantasy, like the the London 
mysteriousness is as much a fantasy as the like fantasy. Uh huh. I think that's like a really good question because I I hear like there's a there's a there's a series I think called the Streets of London series, mm-hmm. um, where like the person actually has done a, a lot of research into. Like I, I cannot verify this, but someone says that the author actually has a ghost speak in like period appropriate London accents from like when they were killed. Um, wow. Well, like not accents, right? Like dialect, like um, yeah. or slang. Um, but it is like it ends up being like a love letter to like the history of London um, and like the connection of it to. So, what it brings, I guess. I mean, I guess part of it is like what. I don't know, like Harry Potter for adults, I guess. Like this this idea of like transmuting, um, of taking like the modern like urban alienation or like urban milieu um, cultures and stuff and just like doing a very extended what if on top. Mm-hmm. I'm not sure. Like this, I'm thinking, like what I'm thinking about right now is like the, not Dresden Files, the... Um, Craig Schaefer has a series of, like, this mob boss in um, L.A. who, like, is a magician and, like, dates a demon and, like, opens a portal to hell and everything. But but it's not high fantasy either. So, like, I think um, what is interesting to me is, like, Dr. Norrell and Mr. Strange. <laughs> yeah. Or is that the right? Is that I Jonathan, get the... it's, it's Jonathan Strange and Mr. Norrell. Jonathan Strange and Mr. Norrell. Okay. Okay. I was thinking of Doctor Strange then. Right. Okay. Jonathan Norrell and Mr. Strange is like, I don't know. I mean, I, I, or, or maybe it is like actually just this series of, um, of books that are like very interested in the city at like kind of taking back what I said earlier, the city as a character, like very interested in, um, the, the history of the subway and very interested in, um, the the history of like Britain as a nation. Like one of the things about Jonathan Strange and Mr. Norrell or like and never like Neverwhere talks so at length about like the subway systems and like the abandoned stations, etc. Um and Jonathan Strange and Mr. Norrell like is very much interested in like the the history of the Fae and like basically it's like it's I guess maybe it's like we have all these myths um that touch upon our lives. And, like, every so often, like, it's sort of fun to be like, oh, what if werewolves are real? Or what if vampires were real? Um, And it's, like, kind of depressing to be like, oh, but, like, they're not around anymore. It's, like, sort of like, what if they, you know, what if they still existed? What if they're, like, or and, like, project this kind of, like, fun countercultural spin on it to, like, explain why Mm -hmm. they're, like, hiding, I suppose. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that, that makes sense. Um. I don't know, like, so I think part of it might be, like, about, I mean, about the history of the city, I guess. Like, about... Well, and it gives you, oh, sorry. No, no, go on, go on. I was just like, it gives you this chance to bring um, past and present together in a really exciting way that I think, um, you know, just sort of a, a traditional fantasy wouldn't, um, or a tra- traditional historical novel wouldn't, right? Mm-hmm. So if you're able to bring sort of these figures from the past or these, like, myths from the past into, like, a very contemporary contemporary setting, you know, where you've got your sort of, like, just, you know, your 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 subway station or your um, <laughs> subway local bar or whatever, your subway <laughs> restaurant, your McDonald's, you know, your vampires eating at the McDonald's. <laughs> right. Maybe not that. Off the um, secret menu. You know, I think I do think there's um, there's something that like is exciting about that kind of friction that you can get of of past and present um, that I think it exists in other genres, but um, it gives you a lot of um, I don't know. It's like it's a very sort of creative, um, exciting thing to do. Yeah, it's like mm-hmm. it's. I think it like creates its own sort of sparks of interest of just sort of saying you know saying something like what if a vampire was at McDonald's? (laughs) Um, You know, a vampire from, like, uh, you know, the time of Jack the Ripper is at McDonald's. Right, Um, yeah. Or, you know, someone who knew, um, you know, knew this city when it was sort of just... uh, just beginning, you know. A pile you know, of was a witch from the time of Anne Boleyn and right. became really into a particular soccer team. 
Yes, yeah, and oh god, we'll have to talk about that one. Um, but yeah, I mean, I think I think like what we're what you brought up that's important to that is that is like integral to like urban fantasy. It's like one part it is kind of like hey, like wouldn't it be neat? Um, but another part is like it really is kind of historical. Like it is like interesting. Um, it's like making up our own headcanons about ourselves or something. It's like it's about like why. Um, why like the fabric of like why London is inherently magical like why um LA is like the home to like notorious like magic tricksters is because like it's like in each of these books it's kind of like there's something intrinsic about the city and like every book comes back to kind of like it could only happen in this city um Mm -hmm. which I think is like really interesting and like uh some of them do some of them like kind of it's more lip service than others. Like, um, I'm not sure if the Daniel Faust novels, like specifically call out like, um, Las Vegas landmarks other than the strip and like mm-hmm. the, the, like some of the r- really ritzy malls, but they do talk about like illusion, like, you know, the, mm-hmm. the illusion and like hustle and bustle and whatever. And a lot of like urban fantasy books are like, you know, trace the, they're like the storylines here started all the way back when London was like a bunch of like, gowls being like conquered by the romans i feel like it's it's um it's interesting that it's a very historical it's a very genre very interested in history um and like explaining things via magic and history combine and like combining that with like also kind of like punk aesthetic like punk aesthetic like things about like hidden communities and like communities on the border of legality or whatever Mm mm-hmm yeah, I think you're doing a really good job explaining this, thinking um, <laughs> this through. Um, yeah, I, I feel like I'm trying to sort of, it's just really not a genre I, I feel like I'm that familiar with, which is strange because I'm sort of thinking through what you're saying and I'm like, okay, yeah, like this thing I've read fits it or this this thing I've seen fits it. Mm-hmm. Um, but in a weird way, I, I don't think I ever really let it cohere together as a genre for me. Um yeah. yeah, and maybe it's just because I haven't read enough of those things, but I'm just like, oh, like, Angel might be considered a urban fantasy now that I think about it. Like, it's mm-hmm. about a vampire in Los Angeles, and, you know, it, that's very big. It's all about being in L.A. and, like, all these, like, dark things in the city. Yeah, like, I think, <laughs> I mean, I haven't seen Angel. I think I think part of the issue is also, like, our, our experiences with, like, this, this, like, category is so disparate. Like, yeah. Um, I think we have basically one thing that we both have read. Yeah. Well, th- then again, we both read Neverwhere, right? Did you read No, Neverwhere? I started Neverwhere and then I got really bored. <laughs> <laughs> okay. I didn't like the guy at the beginning. I was just like, why do I care about you? Yeah, it kind of sucks Sorry. because you, you are stuck with him the entire time. And it's like it's like one of the emblematic like Neil Gaiman um, problems with like, like he meets like this fun enchanting girl that like teaches him to like... But yeah, I mean, I, I feel like if you if you anything comes to you and you're like, oh, yeah, it's kind of like this, like definitely just throw it out um, because. Okay. Yeah, because like a lot of this is like I'm also kind of I'm sorry to our listeners, like it's very clear that I'm all, like half of our episodes involves me talking my way through my understanding of a genre. Because, that's like, fine. That's what that that's what the thing is for. This that's, is, that's I guess I guess like when we say story guts, it's not like, oh, like we see the guts. It's like we're like progressing through the guts as yeah. like, like the, the four or we're stomachs. very messily sort of disemboweling the, the <laughs> right we're like sometimes uh, uh. more effectively than others right yeah sometimes we have a better idea of the anatomy of a particular genre than others and here like we're just like going in blind like someone just brought in a big plastic trash bag um, <laughs> and it's horrible um, and very messy but yeah I think I think it's it speaks to um, like or, or I was very tempted to go like oh yeah urban alienation blah 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 but I think like part of it I feel like is about like situating ourselves in like a grander like more magic tradition um, mm-hmm. kind of like Harry Potter for adults Harry Potter in the sense of like when you were a kid and you were like convinced yourself that Hogwarts was real um, and that like maybe one day you'll get the letter or something, or, like, that it's out there. Like, it is out there somewhere. Um, and, like, this, it's sort of functioning kind of not, you know, not, like, convincing adults, hopefully, that, like, you know, Neverwhere is real, but, like, also, like, in, like maybe, like, inspiring the sense of, like, 
re like kind of like engage with the world you're living in with like a sense of wonder because like it like the urban fantasy art makes some kind of argument that like like the thesis of urban fantasy books is like that this can happen and that's like part of like what the the plot like why i guess maybe why it's so heavily based in a city and why they like bring the city in is because they want to be like like it's never stated but it's like you read Mm -hmm. it and you say like I want to believe that magic is real. Mm-hmm. So, like, convince me that, you know, um, magic... Right, and so if all the details... I've, I've been reading about realism lately for one of my classes, like the um, literary sort of history of realism as a genre, and um, a lot of what it rests in is, like, trying to convince people that the story that you're telling is something that has happened or could happen just based on having this wealth of detail that is, like, can be corroborated. So, like, Uh the story itself can't be, but, like, all these places or all these, like, particular descriptions or you're just very particular about describing, like, the exact silverware and things that people are using. So I could see in sort of an urban fantasy, like, using this very concrete space that is well-known to a lot Mm -hmm. of people and, you know, in in a really artful work, describing it well um allow allows you to i mean i guess this is me sort of being like "Mm, maybe this is another connection sort of between the magical realism and Mm -hmm. um urban fantasy but like allows you to invest in the um in the fantasy as something that is is in that world Mm -hmm. in in your world even when it's when you're like magic definitely (laughs) probably isn't real yes (laughs) (laughs) Um. Well, I mean, I was just going to talk about like how and how it functions as escapism um, to yeah. like in in the context of these stories, at least like they're not like the books I'm thinking about are not like very high fan like they're not very like literary. Like I think like that's why they're not magic realism is because they're like pulpy books about like mm-hmm. solving murders and stuff. But it is like it's it's a function to have like accentuate the escapism of it like by like having. But, like, inviting you to just sort of be, like, oh, like, you know, this one, like, calls out the Boston Public History Museum and, like, whatever. Like, the geography is based on the city. Like, um, allowing you to, like, carry that escapism into your real life. Like, that you can call back and be, like, oh, I don't know. Like, the pixies are here. Like, you know, that's a pixie print. (laughs) Whatever. But you're (laughs) – what were you going to say? I mean, I guess I was was kind of going back to something you said earlier about this idea of – I don't know what you said, but, like – almost like borderlands or something between between the magic and the non-magical mm-hmm. um or these spaces that are um almost like gradients of magic yeah and i think that is something very uh interesting because it does sort of position these magical communities um as some sort of outskirts or or um um like subculture right Mm -hmm. um but then also by it it is different than a harry potter where you i mean i know there are a few exceptions but largely you have (laughs) here's your magical world and here's your non-magical world Mm -hmm. but in urban fantasy you do have this sort of mixing of spaces where there's kind of like degrees of magic or um you do get these these sort of quintessential i guess what from what you're saying sort of what i would say is a quintessential um urban fantasy image of the you know detective working with the vampire or whatever. Right, yeah. Um and like, and I, I don't know, like there there's there seems to be something there that is particularly compelling that I can't quite put my finger on. But I think this idea of um not necessarily having to abandon the world that we know and mm-hmm. go into this like es- escapist other world, but rather this idea that magic can come into our world and mm-hmm. um, you know, we can sort of mix with it in this um fun unexpected way yeah yeah no i think i think that's right like i think um like part of it is uh i think i think what you said just now about like magic comes into our world instead of us going into the magic um kind of becomes like the like maybe the stinger at the end of some of these is sort of like um this person discovers that magic exists and like realizes that like you know that it's like i don't know not everywhere, um, but like that, like this person can't like un unknow that. Mm-hmm. And I think I think that something that's also compelling about that is like is kind of you know being like 
our superpower is that we know how to navigate the bullshit that is like living in like the real world and real life. Um, so like, so, so there's something like fundamentally, I think maybe pleasurable about like, uh, we're, like in, in Sleepy Hollow, um, the TV show that no longer exists. Um, part of it was like Ichabod Crane comes back from the dead, like a thousand years. Okay, give sorry. Definitely not a thousand years. <laughs> sorry, I know. I was like, I'm gonna fuck this up. Okay, he comes back from the dead like 300 years later, um, ish, um, and like part of and, like a, a really nice part of like every episode is he's like, what are these things called? Donuts, um, you know, these like delicious round pastry things or whatever. Like, mm-hmm. it is kind of like, yes, like the the magical character, the vampire team up has like access to all this like bullshit. Of like mystical bullshit, but like the the average Joe magician, like mm-hmm. stage magician, like knows how to like go on the subway system and like knows how to I don't know buy like not get ticketed at a crosswalk or something. Right for the for the magical person or magical being to sort of exist in that world, they have to either have a human guide or have learned how to navigate human you know, non-magical spaces, mm-hmm. um, which, you know, for vampires, a lot of what you get, right, is that they, um, they've been alive so long, right, that they've sort of, like, become accustomed to all these different kinds of things. Yeah. But that's how you can sort of get the the vampire who's, like, very comfortable, you know, taking the subway, but who remembers, you know, it's just like, oh, man, I liked it back in the day when we just rode horses everywhere. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And I think like we when we talk about um when we talked about this in the in the fan fiction episode, like there's a fundamental part of our brain that like really just likes taking two things and like examining how they can work together. Yeah. Um so like vampires, for example, is like, you know, every it's like it's there's it's a very fun e- thought experiment to be like, oh, like in in this world as we think of it now, how would vampires work? Like, can you can a vampire put on sunscreen to like not be like destroyed by the sun instantly? Like, there's a lot of like um, world building stuff that comes out organically from. And I think part of it is like you you do bring the reader in because like the reader's able to be, yeah, able to like kind of feel like they're not like total rubes. Um, mm-hmm. Like they 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 know the city in a way that maybe the magical parts of the world does not. Mm-hmm. I don't know. It it is like um yeah, I think that's like pretty fun. So, um you've also said that like crime solving tends to be a big part of part of it um or at least lately. Mm-hmm. Which I think is a very interesting. I mean, cuz that's sort of another um you know, we've talked a little bit about crime crime shows, crime as a genre. Yeah. We've talked about dead girl shows. We've talked about copaganda. So, like, this is a sort of interesting, um, you know, another sort of interesting sort of mixing of genres or place where, where genres are sort of influencing each other, mm-hmm. where you do get these um, these these cops or cop figures. Uh, I don't know. <laughs> like, is it, I guess, with the things, the few things I can think of, it's usually sort of like a a straight-laced good cop who's human working with somebody from the magic side of things mm-hmm. um but do you do you do you agree with that or are there all other I, ways that that works out i think generally I, that's like a pretty good characterization of it um or like there or there's also stuff where like there's like the legal one like there's like the normal cop and then there's like the magic cops uh. um and the magic cops are like do the, the magic- world's first orc cop <laughs> Oh my god. Sorry. Right. Orc cop. First orc cop. Oh god. What a f- So mess. that's probably urban fantasy. Is it? I don't know. I, I don't know. I is it is it I guess it is situated in real it's like Detroit. Is it in Detroit? I'm not sure. So this is the the movie Bright, was that what it was called? Yeah, Bright. Uh that nobody saw and anyone who saw it did said it was quite bad and it was had very, very bad. uh unfortunate and it's depiction of cops and orcs as black people yeah it was it was trying to make some sort of racial statement that became a very racist statement but like it was one of those like very like yes yeah it was this sort of like so okay like, so what like, if we use this metaphor like how about you don't right yeah like how about you don't because it's always 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 and 
always, always, you're like, okay, so orcs are black people, but they're also black people who are not orcs. They're just... Well, right, because Will Smith is in it, right? So he's... Right. I don't know if he's... he... But it is it is very weird. Somewhere. Yeah. Okay. Anyway, that was a digression, but... Um... Orc cops. Yeah, right. So... <laughs> Um, right, because like at some point they say like orc lives matter or something, right? Doesn't no, the sky, the sky's like fairy lives don't matter, and like because, oh yeah, that's yeah. right. Um, oh. but like an orc, does the orc cop say that when he? I don't, I, I don't know. Who knows? Okay, anyway, it's a mess. It's a huge mess. Um, so, but yeah, I mean, I think I think what like why why detective genre or like why the detective genre in in specific? Um, I guess I can't really. I guess like it's a very easy springboard i suppose like it's like you're you're like today we're investigating like this ghost who murdered someone and that person's also a ghost or did that ghost stage their own death so you have this excuse to like gallivant around the city and like these tropes i think like you know what's interesting is like you have all these very comfortable tropes like these like this old pair of shoes that you, mm-hmm. like, slip on, and then there's, like, just enough fun new things to keep it interesting or, like, mm-hmm. um, engaging, I guess. Mm-hmm. Like, I don't know. I mean, I, I guess, like, we're, we're sort of in our, in our latter half of our episode, so I guess we can, we can pull out, um, was it London Falling? Fuck, I don't remember. Yeah? Okay, London so, Falling? London Calling? London Falling. London Falling, I think. Um, okay. And I'll, I'll double check when I, I'll put the right one in the, in the, pod pod notes um so it's a book it is a book it is a book that well when molly and i lived together in san francisco um we had a book club this was my book for one of the i was like the one who always brought in the nerdy shit like sci-fi fantasy um and this was a book for one of them called london falling probably uh where basically a bunch of people like a, a team of four find out that like one magic is real and two, a witch has been, like, kidnapping and sacrificing babies to, like, help her... Children, fam- generally. Children. Yeah, I guess so. They're not, they're not always babies, but they're, they yeah. are always children. Um, yeah. To help um, her favorite football-slash-soccer team win. And, like... And it, it basically... And this is spoilers. I'm sorry. But it's, it's wild. At the climax of the book, we find out that this witch is, like... Anne Boleyn's friend. Yeah, she was uh, like a, a, a handmaiden or something to Anne Boleyn. Right. Like and, the 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 queen who was the second wife of Henry VIII. Yeah. Who who, got her head chopped off. Right, like all of the other wives of Henry VIII, basically. But she's like um, popularized by Wolf Hall and et cetera. But the, the Tudors. The Tudors. Okay. Yeah. Anne Boleyn's great. Anyway. Anne Boleyn's apparently very great. <laughs> very um, interesting. But, okay. I partially only know because, like, Natalie Dormer was a huge Anne Boleyn fan. Was that right? Natalie Dormer played Anne Boleyn. That's in right. The, in the Tudors, yeah. And, like, she was able to offer historical insight. Anyways. Yeah. So, this person was a handmaiden to Anne Boleyn, turned to the witchcraft after, like, they went and, like, killed Anne Boleyn, became, like, an evil, immortal witch, one day was was like walking around Britain and saw like these two people like kicking balls around in like what was formerly like King Henry's castles like grounds and was like, huh, that's real funny. Like King Henry would be so mad if he saw some commoners kicking a ball around on his grounds. And like that eventually became football and like the team from that area that was like like became her like favorite team and then she would like kill a child to like send a curse against, like, the uh, any team who scored, like, three points in a row or any kicker who, like, scored three times on her team in a row, like, she would, like, ritualistically curse and, like, die in a horrible way. And, like, it was just, like, it was a very weird climax to, like, you're just, like, why is this person killing all the... Like, you got this vague idea that it's, like, related to football somehow. Like, there's, like, they have to, like, find the children before the next game is called, before, like... Yeah. And it's just like, but it's it's it, yeah the the Anne Boleyn tie-in is the weirdest, most amazing thing. Yeah, it's um, such a, and, and I think this is part of like what, what I guess like in, in, inspired my like thoughts earlier about like the fundamental fabric of a nation or fabric of yeah. a setting because it's so much like 
you know, for whatever reason, the person was like, football is going to become like a very, like the fact that everyone loves football is going to become yeah. a very important part of this, like, um, detective novel about hunting down like a kidnapper and like also Anne Boleyn and also like Henry VIII and like, and all of this like makes, will I mean, some makes... other wild shit happens. Like they go to hell or something, right? Oh, well, one of them like meets like this, this sexy figure of like you... London or something, personification of London. <sighs> Maybe he meets somebody and then he makes out with him. Yeah. And it's like, feels very undeadish or yeah, like yeah, some sort yeah. of afterworld type thing. Yeah, yeah, it definitely definitely is like but like this person like is like, "Oh yeah, like I'm I'm London or like I'm I'm an aspect of London from when um like the London was first founded." Um yeah. So like the history comes in all over the place. Uh in weird ways. But the yeah. witch, the witch is so good. The witch the witch is the the most like you're just sort of like, wow, okay. <laughs> like, I just like wonder if that author was like, people take football too seriously. I'm gonna like caricaturize how seriously they take they oh take God. sports. Like, it's too much. They're it's basically like much. witches who sacrifice children. <laughs> they would sacrifice their own children if their team lost. Hmm. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so, like, like this is what I'm saying. Like, it's not you know. Uh, high literature, but it is like it, it is like very interested in, um, like setting and place and like, and you know takes it in some like very wonky ways. Like there's another book, um, I think maybe in the same series. I think it is in the same series where like this person finds like the classic like Hellfire Club where like the magicians are gathering and like, and just I was like just so mad at this. He like meets Neil Gaiman who's like part of it. And he's like Neil Gaiman's like I like I know too much, blah blah blah. Like I can't like all my books were based on real things I saw. As, oh like, my part god! Of this thing. And I'm like, this is so cheesy. Like what the? F-? But yeah, I okay. mean that one. That one is a very cynical. That that one's a very cynical series. Um, mm. And I think part of it. I mean, what's interesting about it and like some other of the books we'll we'll probably talk about is how technology comes into it and we're like. What's interesting about that particular book is that magic, um, like, what we know of magic is, like, deals in signs and signifiers and, like, um, like this 50-cent coin is worth more than this 50-cent coin because this 50-cent coin was, like, put in the mouth of a dead uh, burglar or whatever. Um, like, it's all about, like, connotations and meaning and stuff. Um, so, like, I, I don't even remember where the plot like, specifically was going with this, but, like, there was, like, this auction of, like, highly valuable magical items, and, like, people were getting really pissed off because, like, this company with, like, tons of money were just, like, flat out, like, buying, like, hands of glories and stuff. And, like, traditionally, you're supposed to be, like, ah, like, this is, like, the left shin bone from a baby murdered when it was three years old, and this person's, like, $200,000. And it was, like, come on. Like, really, dude? (sighs) So, like, but there was, like, this transactional like someone someone was like calculating like two is two hundred thousand dollars technically the same like quote unquote like like signature worth like in meaning in like connotation in aspect or whatever in like this ephemeral like loosey-goosey like stuff as like the left shinbone of an orphan child anyways i thought that was like really interesting actually that was like one of the very interesting like um, I don't remember that one in the one I read, so maybe it comes in later. It does come in later. It definitely okay. comes in in the ones after. Um, and, like, I, I'm not sure if this is a safe series, but it is, it is, like, you know, the triumph, quote-unquote triumph. It's, like, one person's, like, I need to see the ledger. Like, the classic, like, um, fiction thing was, like, I need to see, like, everyone who's ever bought something from this auction. And the person's, like, no, you can't do that. It's against the laws. And he's, like, what if, like, like what if I make you an offer? Um and, like, the other team's, like, trying to prevent her from finding out. But she's, like, I'm going to sacrifice. What if I give you, like, a lifetime of joy? Like, any piece of joy I'll ever experience my entire life, I'll give up to look at oh this ledger. Oh, my God. It's, like, fucked up. And the other person's, like, oh, shit. But, like, okay, we'll match that offer. Like, how much is that in, like, money, money? Like, how much about that is in dollars? And uh-huh. they're, like, $2 trillion. Like, you can't afford that. Like, you can't. Like, you know, that's no, um, there's no way to make those equivalent. Um, so she wins the, wins the auction, um, and it doesn't, you know, it doesn't go that well for her, but, 
but yeah, I think that's like that is kind of like the most interesting. Like you know the the book the series as a whole is like kind of pretty rocky, but like it has some like really interesting concepts. With that being like one of the like the ways of like old magic and like capitalism, <laughs> basically yeah. like um, butting up against each other. Yeah, I mean I think that's definitely like a more interesting solution. Like so, I did read the Dresden Files, or I read some of the Dresden Files, um, and they were fine. Mm-hmm. I enjoyed them, but. I was, like, I was in there for that gay shit. I, like, wanted some people to hook up. I never <laughs> did because, like, it was the Dresden Files. But um, um, the author was, like, really into describing, like, women's nipples. Anyway. Uh-huh. Of course. Um, Who is it? But basically it had the sort of classic just, like, magic makes technology not work. Uh-huh. Bah, bah. Um, so, like technology would be constantly not working for this guy harry dresden yeah um and that who like does magic um <laughs> and that was just sort of like a running sort of gag like his phone gag but also working. you know it sort of was convenient for when he like theoretically should have just made a phone call to somebody it's like oh he can't right yeah actually um, that's um that that is like the way that i think the tension between technology and magic is also comes up a lot and it's like kind mm-hmm. of interesting to see where they take it like the the Streets of London series um, does the same thing where like magic like fries electronics. So like mm-hmm. part of that's like really convenient because like any cameras or something like get like fried mm-hmm. or phones. Um, so that's they can keep it secret. But like it is kind of like. Yeah, I don't know. Like it's just these two worlds. Um, yeah. Um, did you read and maybe this isn't part of the genre. Did you read that like darker shade of magic series yeah, where there are yeah. like four londons yeah i was i was like so down on the first one um like the first was, london or the first book the first book partially because the first london was just so blah and i think like maybe this has kind of basically like a darker shade of magic says like you know there are four londons they're inter interconnected with each other um and like i was just like really mad at it because the first london i forget what they call it but like gray london or something like it's our world, but it's just, like, it sucks shit. Like, it's just, like, so boring. There's no magic. It's, like, the most boring London. And then you have, like, fun London, where, like, magic does exist. And then you have, like, evil London, where, like, magic existed and, like, everyone died. And then you have, like, super evil London that we don't talk about because, like, some apocalypse happened and you, like, if you go into that London, you never come back. Um, but, like, it was, like, it was, I feel like it, it was kind of, like, I wanted our London not to be our world, not to be like the London that sucks, right? Like there's like, it's like oh this is stupid. Like let's go hang out in the cool London, and like that's basically it. Like they never come back except as a way to like briefly try to lose some like uh, captors or something. So it becomes less of what we discussed of the magic comes to our world and more just they go to the magic world. Right? Yeah. Like it's not. And I think although I think and, there are more books in the series, so who knows what happens, but. Yeah, I think I think there are more books in the series. I think like uh, people like it because like it does like the prince, I think does end up or like the the guy character in the first one like does end up like in a relationship maybe with a prince. Like there is some gay I think shit that's later. True. I think there is some gay shit, um, which is nice. Yeah, I mean, I, I guess I guess like I was I was looking for that like classic urban fantasy like, oh, it's called Big. It's not just called Big Ben because it's really tall. Um, I don't know. I mean. There's no end to that statement. Oh, Jesus. Um, yeah, that was a mistake. Sorry. Um, um, <laughs> sorry, that was... That was a mistake. Uh, okay, yeah, I was just curious. I don't know, like... Um, yeah, I think this is this is sort of an odd genre and maybe sort of, like, one to watch because I just can't... Like, it seems like it's, it exists, but I, I don't know if it's had sort of a big... It doesn't seem that big. Mm-hmm. Has it ever gotten really big? I feel like it. It kind of had a renaissance, like a few, like maybe a decade ago. Um, okay. But it like it never. It didn't really quite like take off. Like I mm-hmm. feel like Neil Gaiman, like American Gods, was kind of like American urban fiction, mm-hmm. um, or like community, like cultural fiction. I guess if mm-hmm. we're, um, and yeah, and there's like a bunch of like fairly long running series, um, but like. None of them have broken through. 
Yeah, that's kind of like I was even thinking about some like TV shows because I think like like I said, I think Angel would probably count. Um, I think the Magicians might count, but I'm not sure because I've never read it. I don't think the Magicians is very urban. Oh, really? Okay, never mind then. Um, I don't know, but I I don't think so. Um, I was thinking about the show Lost Girl, which I don't remember exactly where it takes place, but I think it's a city. And it's like, you know, it's got all your like, it's the fae and like, she's a succubus and like mm-hmm. a non-magical girl gets like wrapped up in it like first episode. And, yeah. Um, sort of a classic, classic one. Also a uh, lesbian classic. Um, oh, really? Yeah, for sure. <laughs> um, and... I don't know. I had another thought, but just like a few, a few of these shows, but they've never been, you know, it's like there's stuff that's on sci-fi or, you know, Angel was popular, but it wasn't Buffy. And yeah, yeah. Um, so it's, it's kind of, and then I was thinking about, there's a, a recent show called Winona Earp, um, mm-hmm. which is also soon to be a, a lesbian classic, <laughs> uh, but it's um, just cause it's not a classic yet. Not cause it's not lesbian yet. It is. Uh-huh. Um, <laughs> okay. I'm glad to hear that. But, uh, but it's, I mean, it's a, it's a Western, so it's not, (laughs) Mm -hmm. it's not sort of, um, but it is sort of, you've got your cop and you've got your magic and they solve crime and then there's like magic cops and then there's like real cops and (laughs) then there's, uh, you know, people who sort of get embroiled in it and then there's like the man from the past who's freaking Doc Holiday, um, and Oh, it's, like a Wyatt, it's like a Wyatt. It's a Wyatt Earp thing. It's like she's the descendant of Wyatt Earp, and she oh, has to I kill see. all these demons. Um, Winona Earp. It's it's good. It's a really oh, good show. But um, okay. but like yeah. So it's kind of got a lot of these things we're talking about. But it is a very um, rural, small town, mm-hmm. uh, western setting. Um, That's cool. I mean, I think I think it is like interesting to look at this in conversation with like you say like rural small town like that stuff like gothic with like more gothic sensibilities yeah um and i think like maybe maybe it's just like urban fantasy is just like too much i don't know too it's just too much it's just too much up its own butt about like all these genres it's being pulled into then it doesn't film well or something i don't know i mean maybe it's just i don't know maybe there just hasn't been a really good one yet yeah it's i think maybe that's it too like maybe there isn't like I Zombie maybe like it's it's like it is like a zombie That's interesting. Like I I would say maybe but like I think urban fantasy like my associations with it like I think like it will be in the same like genus mm-hmm. but like urban fantasy is so much about like strictly like fantasy Yeah, like, like magic. There's not magic. World. Right, like in um cuz like it's really a zombie you know, it's the zombie virus thing, right? right zombies yeah, it, as it a is... scientific semi-scientific <laughs> but that is an interesting like qualifier because it does have a lot of what we talked about including the like crime solving the uh secret underground world of zombies zombies yeah. um you're like zombie criminal <laughs> organizations <laughs> um meeting up with your non-zombie criminal organizations right yeah um, We're like we, could, we have something in common you and i um, and then like later seasons like zombie military i don't know if you get that <laughs> No, I did not. I did not get that far, but it does seem like it really goes off the rails. It's great. Um, It's it's still good. It's still a great show. (laughs) I really enjoy Uh, it. But it is it is really weird to me. It it is like kind of weird to me that we don't have a procedural that's like, oh, like she's a small town girl. Like basically, like imagine um, Jupiter Ascending, where like she's a small town girl who's secretly a princess, and he's a vampire with hover shoes, and (laughs) they're just trying to make it in the big city. With, like, lots of other colorful characters who are also, like, vampires and fae and whatever. Yeah. Um, it's true. I mean, maybe there is something like that and we're just not thinking of it, but like not. Maybe, yeah. Like, I think maybe, right, maybe this needs, like, the right investor. Who's, who's just like, okay, but it's we're going to, It's you, gonna, Alice. Like, You're the right investor. Yeah, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to fund um, the TV adaptation of... Uh, the Anne Boleyn soccer witch story. <laughs> <laughs> you know what? I'd be into that, but you have to start at the beginning. I want to go through the entire saga of Anne Boleyn. Start as a historical drama. Right. Start. At the and historical... then the witchcraft will happen. Mm-hmm. And then it'll all be about this witch and her soccer team. Then right. we'll get to the urban <laughs> cop stuff. 
Right, yeah, like, we, we do all this stuff, and then, like, you know, we're, like, three-fourths of the way through season one, reviewers are like, what's going on? And, like, the witch is, like, hanging out at a, at a field, and it's like, hey, I like, I like that. You're disrespecting the king's property. That's really fun. Smash cut. She's in a jersey. <laughs> she's yes! Like, yes! Yes! You know what? You say that now, I would totally... <laughs> That's so good. <laughs> Oh, okay. <sighs> okay. Um. Yeah. So anyway, I feel like you definitely led us through this episode. So, so thank you. I think you, the the expert on this one. No, it's fun. I I like. Um. I think it's it's really interesting because, like you said, like it is kind of surprisingly hard to say like what what makes it urban. Like, urban fantasy is something that conjures up really strong images. But like, why is that? Like, you know mm-hmm. what? Um. I think it's interesting. Like thinking more about it too. Like about like the unique aspects of urban fantasy with, like, its strong ties to historic, um, histor- historicity or whatever. Um, mm-hmm. But, like, in not in it, but in a way that's, like, not interested in exploring it necessarily. It's interested in a way that's sort of, like, hey, like, I'm also from the real, like, you know, hey, like, this is a place you know. Um, like, the what you said earlier about realism and, like, mm-hmm. you know, uh, the vampire, yeah, like, the vampire Uber driver, whatever. Um, We're just coming up with so many good ideas here. These are these are some really nice. These are some really good ideas. Please get at me, Netflix, um, <laughs> or you know, I guess FX. If oh, I would also do that. Um, but Hulu, you know, they, Hulu, they're doing their own stuff. Um, Amazon Prime. Amazon no. Prime. Nah, no, I don't know. Amazon Prime. All they're known for is Transparent and like the fifth season of Community or whatever. And I don't think either of those. That is yeah. not entirely accurate. I can't think. Of, oh, they have marvelous Mrs. Maisel. Oh, okay, that one's an actual really good show. So I guess. Yeah. Um. Oh, my one last thought on urban fantasy was: Have you ever been to Edinburgh in Scotland? No, I do okay. want to go. So basically, my entire impression of that city is like every urban fantasy should be set here because it already feels like it's two worlds meeting: a nice. modern contemporary world and a like old ass uh magical world and like literally there are even two levels to the city there's like the down level that's all the old stuff and then like the upper level that sounds awesome and there's a giant ass castle in the middle of the city it's so cool that sounds so cool i feel like it's just funny just because i feel like people will be reading and be like oh this is so like this is so obvious like yeah the author have like kind of like oh there's a big castle that's magical oh yeah (laughs) you know Mm -hmm. what um that's so cool. I, I really do. I, we didn't have the opportunity to visit Scotland. Um, yeah. So, like, but, like, Dublin, Edinburgh, like, I don't know. Like, I Dublin's I really... in Ireland. Shit. Okay. I keep goofing. Um, it's okay. I just wanted to get it in there just in case uh, anybody was thinking it. <laughs> don't. Yeah, yeah. Molly, Molly's on top of the shit. I'm not. Um, but you should yeah. go to both places. Both, both, uh, both Edinburgh and Dublin, Scotland mm-hmm. and Ireland were lovely. Yeah, I, I do want to do it. Um, okay, so what have you... We're, we're nearing the end of our episode. Uh, Molly, what have you been doing lately? Other than, like, drowning in work and news. Um, I've still just been rewatching Game of Thrones. Mm-hmm. Uh, we're now in the sixth season, which is my favorite season. Um, I can't believe we've gotten this far this fast. It's a little <laughs> frightening. Um... <laughs> But it's fun. It's really been fun watching it with someone who hasn't seen it before, but kind of knows some things that are coming, mm-hmm. um, because I've talked to her about it a lot. So it's I get her, I get her reactions to certain things. Um, I feel like I've primed her for a reaction to certain things. But then right. you know we get to a plot like, um, you know I never really talked about Jamie as a character, mm-hmm. and so sort of seeing her changing feelings about Jamie or her like changing feelings about Theon, um, is like pretty pretty fun. Um, my yeah. dad is also currently reading all the books and so i'm also simultaneously getting text updates from him about all the things he's reacting to which is very fun as well oh god yeah i i can can only imagine um but yeah so it's it's been a fun rewatch i feel like once i'm through it i i'm i'm not saying we should do a game of thrones episode no i feel like we but should. i think we could we i think we should um, um you know i think i could throw out some some theories for next season just based on various like levels of what i want and what is likely <laughs> what is, i, what I is feel very strongly 
watching through, like, I feel like it's a pretty good shot that Dark Danny is happening, but uh-huh. we can talk about that in the future. Yeah, we can um, talk about it in our Game of Thrones episode. Uh, um, yeah, so that's pretty much it. Oh, I also finished the latest uh, season of Elementary, which it was unclear if it was going to be the final season. It was renewed for a new season, so it's not. Um, but it, it had a really lovely ending. It could have been the series finale mm-hmm. um and it's still a good show that's really impressive just, just i mean it's you know it's never gonna be like amazing every week but it's just they the thing that never sucks is that like the relationship between sherlock and joan is always so good <laughs> and it's just always so satisfying and you just always like you just go oh like all the time about it they know that it's like the emotional core of the show. It is, and um, it's phenomenal. They treat it with respect. Yeah. Um, How about so, you? <laughs> so I, um, I mean, I also did a lot of TV watching. I, I mentioned earlier I watched Maniac. It's all right. Uh, watch BoJack, um, newest season, which is kind of like I, I'm still trying to like I still don't know what to think about it. Um, I'll be interested in talking with other people. Um, starting American Vandal. Woo. Um, season two. Who is the turd burglar? Who is the turd burglar? Who is stealing these turds? And uh, but recently, yesterday, I just like spent a, a lot of time playing a game called Frostpunk, um, which is basically like the entire world has entered another ice age um, in like the Victorian era. So it's like steampunky era, um, but like basically the entire world has entered frost age, and you're just trying to like keep this like small town alive of like community members alive. But, like, with, like, the it getting colder and colder and, like, resources and fuel and stuff being, like, limited, like, you also have to maintain, like, juggle their hope, their sickness. Um, and, like, you don't want to get kicked out. You don't want the settlement to fail. You have to keep the furnace in the middle of the town running because, like, without it, everyone just freezes to death. Um, but what's interesting to me is, like, about, like, a little bit into the game, um, everyone loses hope because they find out that, like... London doesn't exist anymore. They thought, like, mm-hmm. you know... Um, so then you're like, oh, I need to, like, inspire them. And, like, I need to inspire them through, like, order, like, working, you know, harmoniously or whatever. Or I need to inspire them through faith. Um, and, like, basically, like, if you choose order, you, like, you get access to, like, stuff that's, like, gradually more authoritarian police state style, like, mm-hmm. edicts. And if you choose faith, you, also, you, you get, like, gradually more, like, inquisition style, like... Um, catholic hellscape um so it's it's like really i mean it is a very dark game like one of the first things you do is like when someone dies you're like do we like spend the time and resources on like a cemetery or do we just like throw them into this pit um and like use them and like potentially use their organs or like or use them as food if we have to um like human burgers but so it's really it's really intense um and i think someone was talking about it like it uses um, it's like it uses the steampunk setting of like Victorian England with like robots and like Tesla, Nikola Tesla, um, but actually like kind of is interested politically in it as well. Like in- interested in exploring like political stuff about it. Um, it's not just sort of like oh it's so fun. There's dirigibles. Um, it is like Snowpiercer style. Like eat your own baby. Like like yeah. There's a logical sign of like do you do you want child labor or not? And like. If you do, like, it, things get easier because you have, like, tiny children, like, helping you out. But, like, you also run the risk of, like, them suffering accidents, dying, people, like, being mad or sad that their child died in a workplace accident. Like, I don't know. Uh-huh. Yeah. Wild, huh? Anyways. it's. it's I would a... be like, I would be like, God, don't you want to play games for escapism? But, again, my main fandom is Game of Thrones, so I really can't. Well, I did. See, the thing is, I did play this game for escapism because when, when I had to choose between order or religion or faith, I was like, you know what? Order seems a little heavy for me right now, so I'm going to choose faith. Big mistake. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but I probably would have felt the same way the other way around, too. Yeah. You know? Um, yeah, it's, it, it definitely feels like it's a little too much um, speaking to the present moment, but I'm just sort of like, yeah, like, it's, you know, old-timey England. Whatever. <sighs> yeah. All right. Cool. Well, on that note. In, yeah, well, on that note, on this hell week, welcome um, to... Yeah. All right. Well, thank you for listening. Um, as usual, feel free to email us at strikeoutscast at gmail.com. 
um, or tweet us at StoryGutsCast, or you can tweet us individually, which is probably more likely to get us to see it, um, at the Molly Jean. That's the M-O-L-Y-J-E-A-N-N-E. Uh, and I'm at uh, Elonculus, A-L-O-N-K-U-L-O-U-S. Um, yeah, I mean, yeah, definitely. Let us know if there's anything you want us to talk about. Uh, always happy to hear from anyone. Or corrections, like when we really goofed and forgot that lincanthropy was also a metaphor for, like, alco- uh, uh, drunkenness or yeah. alcoholicism. Yeah. Um, let us know. Uh, yeah. Or, yeah. Or if you're just like, oh, my God, you idiots, this big thing about urban fantasy that you completely forgot, because I would totally buy that. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. So thanks for listening. Um, I'm Molly. That's Alice. This has been Story Guys. That's Alice. You didn't mention Hemlock Grove. Yeah, sorry. Um, Hemlock Grove, it's not urban. No, no. Suburban fantasy. It's another And topic. it's the worst. <laughs> it is the worst. Anyways, thanks for listening and stay hungry. Well, I'm all right.